We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Guys, finding a nice suit for a good price is tough. That's why I roll with Indochino. Great custom suits that are affordable. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure men's warehouse. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurement for a great fit. Indochino's process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customization, submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. The Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. This is an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And this episode is brought to you by Indochino, Harry's Razors, and Roman. But, Jack, how are we feeling after another letdown by the Brooklyn Nets? Just copy and paste everything we talked about on the Utah Jazz pod, Nick, and we can just end it right there. Yeah, we really could. It was it was disappointing. It was upsetting. Nets lost in Denver, 101-93, a game where they had a 16-point lead. But, as always, the Quicker Marty can find us on iTunes, Google Play, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and now Spotify. But that's the best news we have tonight because really <laughs> the, the Nets the Nets really disappointed. I mean, the first half was great. They showed some great offense, some improved defense, and then that second half was atrocious. 61 points in the first half. Things were humming offensively, defensively. Guys were making rotations. The bench was producing. Jared Allen, Kyrie, pick and roll was absolutely lethal. And then, I don't know, the Monstars sapped all of Brooklyn Nets' talent. They forgot how to play basketball. They scored 32 points in the second half. Normally, our offense is, is always, you know, fine. And our defense was, you know, left a lot to be desired too. But, I mean, I could rant and ramble for just, I don't, I'm probably not even saying the right words right now, Nick, but it's an incredibly frustrating process. I said 
we said before we started record, recording, you know, you make one mistake, you know, fool me once, you make two mistakes, fool me twice, and then shame on me. And I'm just like, it's literally the exact same things are happening. It's not like, you know, the Denver Nuggets were doing anything outstanding to make the Brooklyn Nets miss so many shots. It's just, I don't know, the players, you know, somewhat of the coaching, I guess, but it's just a, it's a frustrating time being a Brooklyn Nets fan right now. And I mean, we said, you know, on the last episode, we, it's, it's good that it's happening at this point in time, but it's getting, I'm getting sick and tired of it to say the least. Especially just back to back, you know, against two really good teams in the West that you feel like if they get these wins, maybe it could be momentum builder for the season just because Denver and Utah going to the year are title contenders. And the Nets were in a position to win this game. And I mentioned to you before the show, uh, third quarter, they're up around 10. Kenny brought in the bench unit and they just were terrible. Next thing you know, the game was tied. Then going into the fourth quarter, Denver was able to get to lead. Uh, that second unit had some bright spots in the first half, but in the second half, they were just bad. I don't like all bench units from Kenny, at least with the, depth, with the depth problems that we have now. One of uh, Kyrie, Torian, or Joe, Torian or Joe for me, I, I think I put it on Twitter. One of those guys has to be out there because we don't have the space to actually attack and create and kick it out. Like the Nicholas Claxton is a good three-point shooter. DeAndre Jordan is a good three-point shooter. Moose is okay, but, uh, you know, and Spencer has been missing, you know, left, right, and center lately. So for me, it, it's just... I think that the rotation needs to change somewhat. I thought that at least the the right guys were out there, but you know, Claxton, I, I think he had spurts and it was a cool little dunk that he had, but he wasn't that amazing. DeAndre Jordan was pathetic and horrible. Uh, I thought Musa was okay, but then you know he he showed some things. I thought he was probably maybe the best bench player in my eyes. And Spencer Dinwiddie was you know up and down like a roller coaster. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed that. I'll say one guy that you didn't mention. I loved his minutes in the first half again. That was David Nwaba. Why is he playing more minutes, Nick? Like, Uh, why uh, is he playing more? We advocated for it last time on on the buzz. He played five minutes. He plays the exact same minutes again, does the exact same thing, shows good defensive energy. Like, if we're not scoring, let's at least stop the Denver Nuggets from scoring. And if you want someone to do that, David Nwaba seems to fit that mold pretty well. Yeah, you think you'd bring him in the third quarter when you're having that big run by Denver and the offense is stagnant, the defense is kind of not having that energy. I thought the overall team just kind of lost their vibe. And a guy like Nawaba could come in and give you that. And, you know, Kenny elected to not go with him. He went with Musa a little bit more, which is fine. But then Garrett Temple, I thought, also had a really bad game tonight. He did take that elbow to the chin, but he was 2 of 11, 1 of 5 from 3, had a couple air balls out there. It was just like... So many guys played bad offensively in that second half. And then just the fact is they missed a lot of wide open threes. I think by the end of the game, it was like 18 or 19 straight missed threes. And with the Nets offense, if you're going to miss that many threes, you're probably going to lose anyways. But luckily they had a lead and they still had an opportunity to win because Denver only scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. It's just like the Nets offense couldn't get going. And then another thing that was really frustrating in the fourth quarter was the energy levels were super low because there were so many loose balls and you saw no Nets players diving for them or making the attempt to get them. No, it, 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 they felt like they were as despondent as the fans watching at home, Nick. Like, it was just like, all right, well, this is happening again. I don't know what it needs really to did. change. It's, I don't know what needs to change. You know, it's not on us. We're fans. We just analyze <laughs> and we talk about it. But if something doesn't change quick, this book and Nets team could be, you know, in a deep, deep hole and not in, you know, a horrible sort of way. You know, we could just miss the players, which is, again, disappointing. And, you know, it's the gap year. You know, I've heard other podcasts sort of say that the Nets are one of the most disappointing teams so far this season. And as I was listening to them, I'm like, all right, come on, guys. There's teams like, you know, the Portland Trailblazers and some other teams out there. But I'm starting to believe it right now. And I'm incredibly disappointed with this team because, like you said, Nick, 
what they showed in the first half against Utah and in the first half against Denver, it's like they're a tease. They're like, you know, that bad, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend that does that little, little bit and does just enough and then just like throws it all away with just stupid shit. And I, I apologize for swearing, but I'm just incredibly frustrated with this team right now. And we just need to be better and we have to be better because, I, I, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. I, I'm, I'm lost for words now. Do you think Kenny needs to take more control of this team in a sense and like, hey, the offense isn't working. We're going to run sets. We're going to make sure Joe Harris gets a three. You know, we got Torian Prince plenty of threes tonight, two of 11. He just wasn't hitting it. But Joe's a guy I think needs to get more shots. And then just the offense needs to run. Even if it's not for three-point shots, we saw a lot of points in the paint. And it wasn't just pick and roll. There was cuts from other guys, Joe Harris, Torian Prince. You know, do you think at times he needs to take control and be like, hey, Kyrie, you need to run this play and kind of get away from some of those ISO shots? Because this was the first game I felt kind of annoyed with Kyrie taking yeah. too many quick shots in the shot clock, especially with the injured shoulder, knowing that your shot is a little bit off and they've all been short. And that was the they, case again tonight. Yeah, literally, I'm like, short, it's short, it's short. You could short. hear him yelling short, too. Like, yeah, or, and it was either him or somebody on the team. And it generally progressed that way throughout the game. Like, early, he looked on, he hit those first five points, and it's like, all right, we got TNT, Kyrie, national TV, Kyrie here. But then it just went downhill from there. And it's just, we went away, and I think that, again, I'll repeat it, we went away from what was working. You know, we were running sets. And like you said, I, and I think that Coach Kenny's obviously finding that sort of relationship with a, with a guy like Kyrie Irving, and they're trying to get that back and forth. But I think, you know, he needs to take a little bit of control in that sort of sense of the imagination. I don't think he is uh, the issue, the main issue overall. I think it's the players executing because they're the ones that go out there and produce and play basketball for you. But Spencer is in the same sort of realm. You know, he jacks up shots as well a few too many times. Um, and, you know, I think both of them are good enough to know and re be able to read the game. In, in a, they're intelligent enough players and incredibly intelligent, uh, mind you, that they should know what to do in those sort of given situations. Like, you know, at the, in the first half, Kyrie Irving was, you know, fifth in scoring and had eight assists. You know, he finished the game with only 10 assists. No, he finished the game with only nine assists. So that, that shows that, you know, what was working in the first half just completely went to the wayside in the second half. And for me, the only good player tonight was Jared Allen. Yeah, Jared Allen had some really nice stretches in this game, and he was really good. Um, and just to get back to Kyrie and Spencer a little bit, it's like in the third quarter we saw early on that, you know, the passing to the outside wasn't working. You know, Torian Prince missed a three. I think Joe Harris might have missed a three. And then next thing you know, they just go back to iso ball and kind of sticking what, what worked in the first half. Like you mentioned, the assist numbers what really sticks out because I thought in that first quarter we saw some of the best ball movement we probably saw all season. And we only finished with 19 assists. And yeah, and I think we had 10 assists after the first. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's just, I think it shows that, you know, that there's just not a synergy with everyone within the organization right now in terms of the ones that matter, in terms of the coaches, in terms of the players. You know, I think that I don't mind, you know, ISO Kyrie hero ball every now and then or in, you know, the last eight seconds of a shot clock. But try and get a set going. Like, just try and get a set. Try and get something for Joe, something in the, a high pick and roll. And then, you know, if you need to do what you need to do, then, you know, do your thing, guy. We know what you can do and, and how you can show it. But I think that he found that facilitator role in, in a really sort of positive fashion. You know, he wasn't forcing the issue in the first half, but he was in the second half. And so is Spencer. It's just frustrating because we expect more from these guys. And these guys should know better. But... You know, hopefully they're, I mean, it's... And I, I will put some of it on the other players too because I don't want to say it's just on the guards because it's like 
sometimes you'll see the other players just kind of pass the ball back to Kyrie or pass the ball back to Spence and then just stand at the line and watch them. So I think it's like also just like the team not like getting into what works and just kind of like, hey, Spence, you're going to go get us a bucket. Hey, Kyrie, you're going to go get us a bucket. And then being like, okay. Yeah, I think that there was a lack of player movement as well. Yep. You know, I think that if there's there's nothing wrong with dishing off the pass, but make a cut and create space and then make the the defense move around. So then, you know, if you're toying Prince in the left corner and you dish it back to Kyrie, sprint to the right corner, get Joe to move around and then just at least force some player movement and then create different open lanes for different sort of players because our starting lineup is talented enough and I think that there is a, a an energy there with, with those guys that they are good enough. And, you know, at the start of the road trip, you know, up the Phoenix Suns game, you know, it was about, oh, we need to get off to better starts. And in both games, we got off to incredibly good starts. And it just feels like, you know, we try to do one thing, we focus on one thing, and then we just forget everything else. Yeah, and then the team just, like, loses energy and loses confidence. But, Jack, before we get into Jared Allen, just a quick word about a couple of our sponsors. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed. The ancient Greeks didn't need a flex ball or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge to add gimmicky features to your razor. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. You know, I personally enjoy Harry's. Low price, close shave, keeps my beard edged up nice. You know, they're quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. They've cut out the middleman. It's a German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century which means you're getting an incredibly high quality blade at factory direct prices. Harry's is super convenient. Send the subscriptions right to your house. And listeners to my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five blade razor with lubricating strips and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade to cover your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation, ongoing care from ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started with Roman is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Complete an online visit. Rectal dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit, free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. But Jack, you mentioned Jared Allen, huge night, 17 points, 10 rebounds, and you just felt his presence out there. He had a lot of contested layups, and this is a bounce back after pretty much fouling out back-to-back games. Yeah, it shows the growth and maturity from a guy like Jared Allen. You know, I, I still think that this was a, a tease of what he can show on a consistent basis. Um, I, I really liked his game against Nikola Jokic. I think not to downplay how good Jared Allen was, but Nikola Jokic has been settling quite a bit lately. And I feel like when he wanted to be physical with Jared Allen, he could have had his way. And the times that he did do that, you know, he did score and he was able to create. But that's, you know, that I guess... If you're looking at it from one way, Jared Allen forced him to get into that mindset at, at the same sort of time. But he was really, really physical, loved his energy on the boards, 
Loved his energy in the pick and roll. Um, and he was hitting his free, a couple of his free throws as well. Um, I, I just, there was nothing wrong. You know, there was maybe a couple of things. And I, I liked him defensively too. But out of all the mistakes that were made tonight, you know, there was probably only one or two that were you could count to Jared Allen. Yeah, he had a good energy, and you, you mentioned just bouncing back after those games. I think you're happy to see that. And I just like the offensive touch, and he was aggressive in attacking Jokic, who, like you mentioned, wasn't really playing super energetic. It hasn't been an amazing season for him so far, but Jared Allen kind of capitalized. And we've seen in the past he seems more confident against some of these slow-footed centers where he realizes he can use his quickness to end up in a good position to get a lay-in or a dunk. Yeah, I think he's realizing what his own game is and what his own you know, uh, skills are in terms of how he can utilize them. You know, he's got quick feet, so he doesn't have to dunk over guys. He can dunk through guys. He can dunk around guys. He can finish, you know, with soft on the left or the right. But yeah, I think that's the most frustrating thing is that, you know, just why why did we go away from it? Why did he only play 30 minutes and DeAndre Jordan played 17 minutes? That should have been, you know, if Kyrie Irving and, and Spencer Dillon were playing 35 minutes each, I think Jared Allen should have played 35 minutes, especially because of the fact that he was fouling out. He has that energy. You know, he's missed, he's missed out on some games. Give him those extra minutes. You know, he can easily play 33 minutes. He's a young, he's a young dude. I don't believe in you know, load management for the sake of load management. He's not injured in any sense of the imagination. If anything, Kyrie Irving should have been playing 32 minutes and give an extra three minutes to Jared Allen. It's just, there was a lot of things that went well tonight. And if we were analyzing just the first half, it would be, you know, a pretty positive show. But all the things that happened in the second half override any good things that happened in these past two games. Yeah, you can't finish the game and you just kind of show, like you mentioned earlier, it's a tease and you don't have the energy defensively for the loose balls or offensively to stay persistent with what worked in the first half. And I think that's just what the problem is, is just like they keep not having trust in each other. You mentioned not having synergy. I think there's almost like a lack of trust too between who's going to be where and what kind of roles everyone's expecting. It's just completely out of sync. And it is positive it's happening early on, but you want to see an improvement. Like going to Chicago, it almost feels like a must-win game. It is a must-win game. I thought this was close to a must-win game. I was um, quite, you know, relatively pessimistic heading into this game. I'm like, all right, we're not going to win this one. You know, Denver coming off the back-to-back when we did the little preview on Periscope. But then when we played in the first half, I'm like, okay, this is okay. And I'm like, well, when is it coming? When is the laps coming? And then, it, you know, lo and behold, it came as, as soon as it came in against uh, the Utah Jazz as well. It's just... Uh, at least, you know, someone against the Utah Jazz. I thought I was more disappointed with this game. I'm not sure how you feel, Nick. Yeah, I, was more I disappointed agree. Because of the fact that we at least put up somewhat of a fight and had, somewhat of, had showed somewhat of resilience against Utah. And it just felt like, you know, as soon as it got hard and as soon as we stopped executing, we just kept doing the wrong things. You know, you, when you repeat and repeat and repeat the same thing a million times and get the same result, it's literally the definition of insanity. Yeah, it is. And this one's felt more self-inflicted, where Utah felt yeah. like the Jazz kind of went out and got the game. Like Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley hit a ton of tough shots. You know, Rudy Gobert had some really good moments in that game too, where in this one it was just like the Nets just like died. Like they're like we mentioned a 100 times in the show, the defense stopped, the energy stopped, and it felt like Denver was getting a ton of transition buckets in the second half, and they didn't really have a ton in the first half. Yeah, I think maybe the, the best way to sum it up is that we were easy to play against in that second yeah. half. And that's an indictment on the team. You know, if you are easy to play against, I think, 
you know, I don't like to compare to last season, but, you know, I will because of purely because of the fact it is relevant for this sort of analysis and conversation. You know, game in, game out for, for you know, most of the 82 games and some of the playoff games last season, the Nets showed effort and consistent, somewhat of consistency and were a hard and sort of gritty team. You know, it's not, we are forming a new identity and, and I get that, but if you do it for 24 minutes, why can't you do it for 48? Or, you know, it feels like we're taking... Like I say, we keep taking steps forward and then we keep going back and back and further and further and further. So uh, I don't know where we are right now. Obviously, four and seven, one and five away from home. You know, we do need to win this game against Chicago. We need to be at least somewhat near the ledger because I think the Eastern Conference isn't as bad as people think. You know, teams like the Atlanta Hawks are doing some nice things. Charlotte's doing some nice things in the early parts of the season. And the Nets aren't as good as the talent that, that they have on their roster right now. Until they figure it out, you know, like Coach Kenny said, and we talked about in the Periscope, Nick, we're really going to have to fight for the playoffs. Yeah, it's really disappointing. And I think the fact is, like, with these last two games, it's a bad half. We're like, hey, you're, everyone's going to have a bad quarter. It's pretty likely it's 82-game season. You're going to have quarters where you're not good. But, hey, bounce back in the fourth quarter. Win the fourth quarter, you win this game. It's okay. You had the third quarter. You had the letdown. But there's no, like complete 180 in the confidence or the energy going to the fourth it's like they can't shake the mentality that just happened in the third quarter yeah i agree i think that you know you can have you can have lapses throughout games because this is and it's an incredibly arduous sport it's an arduous league 82 games traveling non-stop it's it's absolutely hectic and, and we can't imagine the physical burdens that these guys these athletes have to go through but that's why you have a 10-man rotation. And that's where Coach Kenny needs to come in and, and assess, go, all right, who are the guys that I can give? And, you know, for me, I guess, maybe finishing off, Nick, what needs to change? And for me, I'll start. I think David Nwaba, and it might seem hyperbolic to say, he needs to play at least 10 minutes or more because, you know, four minutes from him just isn't enough. I think he just needs to get some of those minutes in the second half. I don't know how many minutes it is, but hey, he's a guy you can bring in that can give you some energy and keep the defensive mentality up. And that's an issue that's happened the last two games and in multiple games this season. So maybe he's a guy you can go to. Overall, you know, the number one thing is just going to be effort for the entire game and not give up in the fourth quarter and to play defense the entire game. Obviously, three-point shots are going to have to knock down more, but some of that's just going to happen. You're going to have bad shooting nights. You just need to bounce back. Yeah, and I think that, you know, for, for people who want a soundbite or a takeaway about Kyrie Irving, you know, he's forming, you know, himself, he's finding his identity within this team, as is the rest of the team. And I don't think he knows, you know, how to sort of lead this team, sort of like what he was doing with Boston last year. I think he's a lot more comfortable and he's not the, the reason for the issues. He did have probably his poorest game tonight. You know, at least he's porous half tonight. But, you know, he needs to be able to step up. And, and you know, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of post-game press conferences and quotes being taken away and go, look, I was bad tonight. You know, I was a little... And not necessarily say I was sore because if Coach Kenny's the one that lets you go out there and you're the one who wants to go out there, you need to take responsibility. Being the best player on this team, he needs to do better. You know, and, and heading into Chicago, he needs to really lead the way, gets, get, needs to get his teammates involved like he did in that first half. Like, he's shown it. He's done it before and he's not the problem. He's a, a, a part of the problem and a part of the solution and probably one of the biggest parts of the solution. So um, if Kyrie steps up, then I'm sure we'll see this Nets team step up with him. Yeah, and I think also some of the guys just hitting the open shots and helping to build more confidence because I felt like he was looking to be that facilitator early in the third, but then based off some of the misses, he kind of went back yeah. to the ISO form. And obviously, you know, guys are going to miss shots, but also guys need to hit open shots, and that was a problem tonight. And one thing I like to see, maybe if DeAndre is trash in the next game, 
Kenny might just need to pay, play him 10 or 12 minutes. Like he just might need to be like, Hey, you're not playing well. You understand that this is not up to the level we need to have you on the court. Like Claxton could take some of his minutes at center right now. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think in that sort of sense, coach Kenny needs to be the sort of a hole that he can be, you know, at times behind the scenes, guys like Karis Levert and Tanzo Russell and show a bit of, you know, a bit of gusto towards the the older guys and sort of establish himself as the, the figurehead for this team. And, you know, not necessarily, you know, tiptoe around those sort of hard decisions. You know, it's not necessarily going to be that big of an issue. We could see DeAndre Jordan bounce back because, you know, I did a breakdown of his and he had one of the best games of, of you know, his Brooklyn Nets tenure just a couple of games ago. So um, hopefully we can see DeAndre Jordan get back. Hopefully we can see everyone get back. But uh, a lot of issues, Nick, and, you know, we're going to keep talking about him and, uh, until the cows come home. But, I think we need to stop because uh, we're just going to get angry and angry the more we talk about it. Yeah, the uh, Nets fandom should come with health insurance. But oh, that God. that wraps it up for tonight. As always, a pleasure talking hoops even when the Nets lose, Jack. And big thanks, everybody, for listening. Like we said, we're super excited to be part of the Blue Wire podcast network. And you can find us on iTunes, otgbasketball.com, Google Play, netsrepublic.com, Spotify, and Dash Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.